Hello, Freedom Fighters. Thank you for listening. This audio interview is brought to you by Open World Magazine, the ultimate guide for pursuing a life of adventure and passion and setting up a location-independent business that can support your dream lifestyle. Go check us out at openworldmag.com. Hey guys, so I'd love it if you could join our Facebook group, Digital Nomad and Freedom Fighter Collective. We're creating a movement here and I'd like you to join. Go on there and introduce yourself, share your goals with us, and join in the discussion if you have any questions or comments, anything you'd like to share, feel free to reach out to me through the Facebook group. And as my personal gift, you can also find a free copy of my audiobook for Buy Your Own Island in the file section of that group. I really look forward to seeing you there and hope you enjoy this interview. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Open World Podcast. We're finally back after a month hiatus and I've got a great guest for you guys today. You always love when we do podcasts about publishing and interviews with authors. A lot of people aspire to publish books and to become authors. And what's really great about who we've had on the show so far is that everyone has their own style. We've had Mark Messick, we've had uh, Patrick King, we've had Dave Chesson, and they all have their own uh, success form that that's worked for them. And I'm really excited today because I have another author today, Adrian Ingram, whom I met in Chiang Mai, and we actually gave a presentation on self-publishing together to a room full of digital nomads. And his style is actually a lot different than mine, but it's he's been very successful at it. He's only 23 years old, but he got into the Amazon publishing game, and he now has three Kindle accounts. He's published over 200 books. He outsources most of the writing, and he's earning over 11000 per month right now from book sales as last income report. He also spends his time traveling the world and also helping others to publish books through his course, Freedom Self-Publishing, writing for his personal blog, Driven Living, and creating videos for his YouTube channel. So after that very long introduction, thank you so much for joining us, Adrian. It's a pleasure having you. Hey man, thanks for having me on. Uh, we've been meaning to do this for a while, so it's good to actually finally both have time and sit down and do it. Yeah, it was really fun. We did that presentation and we were joined by Rob Cubbin. We had lunch together at that, uh, if it was a vegan cafe or organic cafe, drinking uh, kombucha and having salad together and yeah. uh, had a good chat about publishing and stuff. Yeah, that was really interesting because all three of us had different methods, so it was kind of... Um, I thought I knew pretty much everything about publishing, and then I met both of you guys and kind of got schooled on all these different methods, different <laughs> things I could do. So, yeah, it was good, man. Rob is amazing. He's a great guy, and we've, he's someone we've also had on this podcast. Uh, so, where are you today? You're, in, you're still in Thailand, right? Yeah, man, I'm in Thailand. I'm in Pattaya, Thailand right now, which is it's my first time here. I've been here like two and a half weeks, and I've got just over a week to go. Okay, so tell me a little bit about your backstory, because I just kind of chanced upon you in Chiang Mai, and we happened to be presenting at this uh, workshop together, but you, obviously, you started a lot younger than most people. When did you start traveling, and um, what were you doing before that? You know, what, what kind of, did you, walk me through the beginning. So I didn't really start traveling until I was about 21. Um, I'd already quit my job at that stage. I actually consider myself to be quite entrepreneurial, um, probably similar to you growing up, where I always had some sort of side hustle or business going on on the side. So 
Uh, straight out of high school, I was qualified as a personal trainer. I was also studying at university, studying commerce. Um, I was working at a gym for like three years straight out of high school while I was studying. And all that time, I was always working on different side hustles and projects. So the first thing I did, and I started this in high school, was selling things on eBay. So I was importing from China and then selling them on eBay, uh, selling things like snapback hats, uh, NBA jerseys, I even sold cosmetics, all, pretty much anything I could get my hands on, I was selling on eBay, just trying to make a bit of extra money on the side. Um, unfortunately, with eBay and PayPal, there's a lot of issues, and I ended up getting accounts shut down and having to start new accounts, and I got sick of dealing with you know refunds and uh, customer complaints and messages and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't have much time. I was you know studying and working at the same time. So I started doing what most people do and like Googling things such as how to make money online, um, passive income online, all those cliche terms. And I came across Kindle publishing when I would have been, I think I just turned 20 at the time of doing it. Um, it sounded really easy. It was kind of a bit of a new thing back then. I took a course on how to do it. And at the time there wasn't really that much information about self-publishing. And so I made a lot of mistakes. The course wasn't really complete at the time, to be honest. Uh, so there's a lot of trial and error. So over the next year, I put pretty much all the money I earned from my job and from my eBay businesses into publishing all of these books that really sucked, to be honest, and didn't make me much money. But I saw other people doing well with it and I was making a tiny bit of money here and there. And then finally, after about 12 months, uh, when I was 21, I actually was able to quit my job I replaced my income, which at the time was $1,500 per month from that part-time job. And then I just started working full-time on my publishing business. It grew really fast. Um, by August of that year, I quit in February. Um, so by August of that year, I was making around six or $7,000 per month. And that's when I first discovered the whole uh, digital nomad movement, for lack of a better term, and started kind of traveling. So I had my first trip to Chiang Mai, uh, for just one month from August till September back in 2015, I fell in love with the place and with the whole community. And since then, I've been traveling. Wow, that's great. So it took you 12 months before you were finally earning some serious money. Did you ever feel like um, you were going to give up or what kept you going to push through and eventually succeed? I saw other people doing really well with it and I'm a bit stubborn at times, I'm very determined, I'm very, very competitive. Um, so I just saw other people doing it and if someone else could do it, there was no way I was going to quit. And at the time, I also had the wrong mentality. I was thinking if I can make just $10 per book per month and I can have a thousand books on Amazon, then I'll be making $10,000 per month. Um, so I had that kind of uh, mentality that I'll just keep putting out books until I have enough where it makes me a lot of money. Whereas I kind of, I should have focused on making quality books that made a lot and only having a handful of them. But either way, you know, I saw other people doing well. I was making a little bit of money, so I knew it was possible. And yeah, there was just no way I was going to quit uh, in the process. You know, I, I hated my job. Um, it was a decent job, but I just hated having a job. Um, you know, as, as someone who's a bit entrepreneurial, naturally, I think a job is one of the worst feelings you can have, you know, to be stuck in that grind and have to make someone else rich, I suppose, just to pay your bills and everything. So, yeah, I was, I was really determined. Awesome. 
so I want to get into it. I'd like to just jump into your process and um, break it into steps. But I also want to know, because I'm kind of curious, you said that the first uh, set of books that you published, and, and by the way, for the listener, if they don't know, you don't write any of your books yourself, right? That's correct. I've written a couple of them, uh, but yeah, 99% of them I actually outsource. Okay, so I want to get into like you know what separates your books now from the ones that you put out before, I guess if that makes sense. And um, how you determine like the sweet spot of what would be like a good winning book, like you know what kind of like as far as like getting on the bestseller list, you know achieving yeah. a certain ranking. Uh, what separated the books that you're putting out now versus ones you put out in the beginning? Okay, so the number one thing that I change, and this is the biggest mistake I see people make when self-publishing a book, is I didn't do niche selection properly. So what you really need to do is first reverse engineer if a topic is going to be profitable. There's a lot of people uh, that want to publish a book and they don't have an audience to launch that book to. It might be something they're really passionate about. Uh, but the thing is, a lot of other people might not be passionate about that topic or be interested in it. So you could have the best written book in the world, but if no one's searching for that topic on Amazon, it's never going to sell. So the first step I take is finding a niche uh, that has a lot of demand for it. So how I do that is really similar to searching for an Amazon FBA product. If anyone out there listening has done FBA before, you're basically looking at the best-selling ranks of books in a particular niche. And what I like to do is see a best-selling rank of 100,000 or better. So the lower the number, the better it's selling. At 100,000 or better for the top first, first few search results for a particular niche, that shows me there's enough demand for me to make at least $100 per month from that book. And that's sort of my entry point for starting. So that can take a couple of hours to actually find a niche where you're getting consistently the top few search results have that kind of best-selling rank. And also the competition isn't too great as in they don't have you know 300 reviews each book. So you can actually get in there and compete as a newbie. Um, but that is the, the number one thing for anyone listening who wants to self-publish a book. You might be really passionate about that topic, but if you don't have someone to launch it to or if the audience isn't there for that topic, it's never going to make very much money at all. Yeah, I was just thinking about that today because I told you about my new book and um, that's going to be coming out in about a month or two I hope to publish. And I was just thinking, you know, the best marketing hack in the world is to have an audience. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. it, if you have an audience, they'll, they'll buy it. Like, you know, this interview, for example, um, you know, there's Facebook groups, there's Reddit groups of, of publish, you know, self-publishers, authors that I can share this interview with and get a lot of traffic to this podcast episode. And if you're putting out content out there, if you're putting out books that uh, you don't know who is going to come, then you're going to have a problem, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, a lot of the time, most people don't have an audience, they don't have a podcast or a blog, or they don't know how to get in contact with these people that might be interested in their product. And so they're just going in blind to Amazon and just hoping that enough people are searching for that topic. That's not enough. You really need to either, as you said, yeah, go and promote your stuff on Reddit or to your audience, or you've got to hope that Amazon has enough of an audience there already for that particular niche. So are you allowed to share some of these niches, or is this a, is this a secret to you? A secret for you? Yeah, so I don't, I don't share many, because <laughs> uh, obviously, you know, tomorrow we'll have 100 new books on that particular topics that I share. <laughs> um, I can give away a few examples. Um, How do you find good niches? It's a, lot of, it's a lot of brainstorming, really. So I, 
I do nonfiction books only, so I'm typically just like throughout the day thinking of random niches, you know? If I go to the beach and I see a guy fishing, I might be like, oh, I wonder if fishing's a niche. And then within that, there could be, you know, fly fishing, um, spear fishing, all these different sub-niches of that. I'll write those down, and then when I'm home, I can just go on Amazon and do a quick search and see how well the books are selling. So as simple as that to get started, and then from there, I'll go ahead and look in the best-selling categories, see what books are selling. Um, when I find a book that is selling well, I'll have a look at what other topics uh, that that author's published under. It just takes normally one to two hours of sort of trolling through Amazon, getting really deep into Amazon, and you'll end up coming across a few good niches. And when you normally find one, there's often like sub-niches that are related to that topic. So an example would be computer programming is a decent niche, but in that um, particular sub-niche, you have Java, you've got C programming, um, you've got Python, you've got all these different programming languages that you can then publish books on and build sort of a network of different books under the one pen name. Do you ever use any uh, tools like Google Trends or anything like this to find ideas? No, I don't. I don't use any of those. I did used to use some Kindle software. So uh, there's software called KD Spy that I used to use. It basically just speeds up the process. So when you type in a niche, you can hit the Kindle Spy button and it will sort of tell you pretty, pretty quickly if that um, particular niche is profitable or not. I've been doing it for so long, three years now, that I can do it just about as fast as a software, so I don't worry about that. Um, but other than that, I really don't use any software or tricks at all. It's all just manual searching. Okay, and I have a tutorial on the, uh, the blog, if anyone's curious, openworldmag.com on uh, the review I did of KDP Rocket. One technique I like to do is just using the auto-suggest, so start typing a keyword and then uh, see what Amazon suggests to you, and those, that can give you different ideas, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I use that same thing for um, finding keywords. So when I okay. find a profitable niche, I'll kind of type in that niche into the Amazon search bar, and then, yeah, Amazon will show you the next most search niches with that keyword. So that is a good way to find related topics and also keywords to target. Okay, now there's a couple of different routes I can go here. Um, I want to ask, I want to get into the marketing, but first walk me through your product creation. So these are all how-to books, I take it, you know, like how to fly fish or how to become a computer programmer at Coco or Java, things like this? Yeah, the majority are how-to books. Um, yeah, how-to books are just sort of explaining about a topic or it could be about a person, like a biography-style book. But yeah, they're all, all non-fiction and basically the content creation, because I'm not doing it myself, I'm outsourcing to content uh, writers. So you can either hire writers yourself or there's different services you can use like eWriter Solutions or HotGhostWriter.com. There's a ton of these different websites. And traditionally, people use these websites for creating blog posts and blog content but you can just pay them to do some more research and make a longer, um, longer format than a blog post and turn that into an ebook. Um, just, just like a lot of people that have blogs will take a lot of their blog posts and compile it to make an ebook. It's the same sort of thing. So hiring someone to do a lot of this research on Google and then they'll go ahead and piece together a book based on whatever topic and criteria you've given them. Okay, and so do you have like a template that you use? So I'm actually, wait, I'm looking at um, I'm looking at an interview you did. So you said that a book can typically be between 10,000 to 15,000 words and 
you're paying about $150 per book, right? Yeah, so it's typically $1.50 per 100 words, $1.50 US. So $150 is the starting point. I wouldn't really do anything under 10,000 words these days. And then you're up to 15,000 um, is a good starting point. And then I find that if a, if a niche and a book, you know, in a particular niche, if that starts selling well, I like to be proactive and actually add some more to that book and then release it as a second edition or a third edition and keep doing that until the book might be 25, 30,000 pages, uh, sorry, 30,000 words. And at that point, you know, it really is a solid quality length book. Okay, so 10,000 to 15,000 words, it's about 40 to 60 pages on the standard Kindle device. And um, I'd like to know a little more about your process. So how do you like go about creating the books? Like, do you have quality controls? How do you uh, do the research? Do you have the writer do the research? Or, um, you know, how, how do you get these like good quality books created uh, again and again in a short time span? Okay, so I will go ahead and I'll find the niche and I'll do a bit of research on it myself. A lot of that research includes looking at the competition. A lot of people don't like there to be competition. They think that they want to be the first one to publish on a particular topic, but we really want to see competition there to show demand and to be able to see what everyone else is doing. So what you can actually do on Amazon is you can preview the inside of all your competitors' books. You can read through their descriptions and you can see what chapters they've included in their book. And you can go ahead and compile all those different topics and then maybe try and add a few extra ones as well. And then, yeah, I do have a, um, as you asked before, I do have a template that I use. It's just a pre-formatted uh, word template. And a lot of the time I'll actually go inside and I'll name all of the chapters uh, with what I want the person who's going to write the book to research about and um, cover in each of those chapters. And then so I, I send the content writer the template. I send them a project brief which basically says please research the following you know 10 topics or however many it is that I decided I wanted included in that particular book and then compile an ebook based upon that so I give them the, the framework of it then they go ahead and do the actual research and writing which for a 10,000 word book typically takes around two weeks once I get that back I'll do all the editing myself some people do outsource to an editor. I personally like to read through the books that I'm selling myself and know that it's actually a good quality book before I put it up there for sale. So I'll edit myself and occasionally if I think there needs to be more added to a book, I'll go ahead and I'll write an additional two or three chapters myself as well. Okay, so you're not only going on Amazon to assess the competition and you're also getting ideas there and creating a table of contents from other books that you see, right? Exactly, yes. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, another thing I'll do is I'll look at any negative reviews the competition has because a lot of the times um, it'll say that this book is lacking X, Y, Z. And so I can go ahead and make a note that the readers are demanding for that particular thing to be added to the book. So I'll go and make sure that's put in my book and hopefully that'll help me avoid getting any negative reviews. Very smart. So do you look at any other sites like Quora or Reddit or Yahoo Answers? to kind of see like, you know, what kind of questions people are asking, like frequently asked questions? Sometimes that'll come up in like my Google research where I'm just kind of Googling about a topic if I'm not familiar with it. But typically it's, it's mostly done on Amazon, just obsessing what the competition has. And um, a lot of the times I'm semi-familiar with the niche and I'll be able to know what kind of things should be included in that book, if that makes sense. And so from there I can get a pretty good 
overview of what the book should include. And then if I do ever get any negative reviews once a book's been up, you can always update your book at any time and you maintain all of your reviews and your sales rank. And so I'll often actually go back and add improvements to my books if they do get negative reviews or people are asking for it to include more content. Okay, very interesting. So, yeah, this is cool. So anything else that people typically ask you about your book creation process or anything else that uh, I should ask you? <laughs> anything else you want to ask? As far as the book creation goes, that is yeah. pretty much the meat of it. That's, that's the main thing I do. The other things that I get asked a lot is sort of how do you make covers, um, which I just right. use Fiverr for currently. A lot of people have bad experiences with Fiverr. I tend to use a bunch of different guys to get my covers made because you know it is five dollars a piece there are good graphic designers out there so when i find one i'll stick with them and i'll get them to make me all of my covers from then on and then the other thing is the formatting which i also get done through fiverr you can have people format your books for kindle if your template's not working correctly and also for create space which is where you publish the paperback versions uh, of the book as well Okay, awesome. So you've done your research, you've picked your topic, you're out $150 and two weeks, you spend, uh, you said $5 on the cover, is that right? Yep, $5 on the cover and then an extra okay. $10 getting all the formatting done. Yeah, so that's another thing. So the formatting, that's what uh, trips a lot of people up. You have to convert your book to Mobi, so what are you using for that? Yeah, so you can actually upload your book as a Word document and that will work fine unless you're using a lot of different images. So I have a Word document that's pre-formatted for Kindle. So I typically just upload that and it works totally fine. The formatting I have issues with is with CreateSpace because it does need to be a PDF and needs to be spaced in a certain way. And so for that, I don't even attempt to do that myself. I outsource that to someone on Fiverr once again. Yeah, I remember that was something that held me up like two or three months or so because I had no idea what I was doing in the beginning. And uh, eventually I had to hire somebody for like 50 or $60 and it was all in HTML. And uh, I had to compile my first book in Dreamweaver and stuff. So that was a, a big one for me. And um, now I just, I just have a template, so it's a lot easier. Yeah, I think using okay. a template's a way to go. Um, I remember you telling me that, that you had uh, a lot of issues formatting yours. Um, but yeah, yeah, it just depends what you want your book to look like as a finished product. If it's just text-based, you can normally get away with a Word document. And if not, I wouldn't bother trying to do it yourself unless you have some serious um, you know, programming skills. I'd just always outsource that as much as possible. Okay, so two and a half weeks later, we have a, we have a new manuscript. We have our cover and we're ready to upload to Amazon. So tell me about your process now. You have to get ready for the launch. Uh, you know, how much time do you give yourself to launch the book? And do you uh, promote these books yourself? Or is your strategy just to optimize the keywords? Yeah, so what I'm doing is I'll publish to Kindle, to KDP, and to CreateSpace, where you publish the paperback. I'll do them at the exact same time. I will have done my keyword research as well. So you're allowed to choose seven different keywords you'd like to target for your book. Um, so I'll have those all sorted. I'll write my description um, for both CreateSpace and for the Kindle edition. And I use a HTML uh, template for that because you can really stand out by using some HTML and some H2 tags and some bold and some dot points and all that kind of stuff that very few people actually take the time to do. 
So I do that. As soon as it's published, I'll be publishing my book at 99 cents, which is the lowest you can price it on Kindle. And as far as the promotion goes, I have virtual assistants that will go and they'll basically find people to download my book while it's still at 99 cents and then leave a review for that. So I try and get sales for my book within the first 24 to 48 hours is really key. I want to get um, at least five or 10 sales within that, that first little window and that'll give me a big boost in the search rankings. I'll get some reviews coming in after a few days to a week. And at that point, hopefully the book should be ranking high enough and have enough social proof there that people will start buying it uh, organically, if I picked a good niche, that is. <laughs> okay, so I have to ask you about this. So you're hiring virtual assistants to download the book and leave a review, right? Sort of. So they're doing review okay. swaps, which is a real gray area with Amazon. It's something that you kind of have to do if you don't have an audience to launch your book to and people to review uh, your book for you, unfortunately. But basically what they're doing is I'll give them a $20 Amazon gift card and then they'll go and find 20 people to download my book and they'll go and download uh, 20 other people's books with that gift card that I gave them. And so they'll review their swap partner's books, their swap partner will review my book. And the idea is that they're getting paid to read through books and leave an honest review. So typically I, I tell my virtual assistants to leave either a four or five star review on the other person's book. Um, if they're uncomfortable doing that because it's a poor quality book, I get them to just get a refund and find a new swap partner. Um, but typically I find that most people that do these review swaps, um, there's a lot of virtual assistants doing them, there's a lot of authors doing them themselves, but I find a lot of them um, stick to that sort of honesty principle because there are some really bad books out there and I don't want there to be sort of fake reviews on my books. I want them to be, you know, uh, high quality and genuine reviews of people that have actually read the book. Okay, that's that's really interesting. So, um, wh where do you find these people? Like through Facebook groups and things like this? Yeah, so there's a lot of Facebook groups. Of if, you, if you type in things like free Kindle books or Kindle book promotion, um, pretty much yeah. everyone in those groups are doing review swaps. They're letting you know their books are free or they're at 99 cents. Mm. If you message any of these people, they're very likely to do a review swap with you. Uh, personally, I found my virtual assistants just through using Upwork. So I just posted a job titled Amazon VA and invited a few people to apply. I hire my virtual assistants. Uh, they're all from the Philippines and they all knew what to do already. They're all pre-trained. There's thousands of people out there doing these review swaps. So it was actually really easy to find people uh, that knew what to do already, very little training involved. And then they're pretty much good to go straight away. So. I normally like to start them on a trial with just 20 reviews, and if everything goes well, then I'm always publishing new books, so there's always work for them. So just so I understand, you, you give a gift card to each person, or um, a $20 gift card, you said, right? Yeah, so I give a $20 gift card to one virtual assistant of mine. They'll go ahead and they'll okay. find 20 other people through Facebook groups or um, whatever networks they have of other authors um, or virtual assistants. They'll download oh, 20 different people's books, yeah, and then I'll have 20 uh, completely different people download my book. So I'm getting a lot of I different see. readers to yeah review the book, yeah. So so he's at, he's writing on your behalf. He's writing reviews for other people on your behalf. No, so I, they've I, got their own they've got their I, own Amazon account. Um, so it's under their name and everything. They're basically just getting paid to read and leave reviews of books. So not a bad job. 
Yeah, I thought I thought you were going out and giving out like twenty different Amazon gift cards to everyone that would write a review for you or something like that. So I think that's where I misunderstood. No, no, yeah. So I'm basically I'm paying my staff to to read books and review them all day. So. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. You're giving it to your staff. Okay. I yeah, understand. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, that's definitely an important part of the process. So I mean, I get a lot of my reviews from you know beta readers, from friends, from people in my network on my mailing list. I think Rob Cobb does the same. Um, and it's really important within the first week or the first two weeks, you know, the first 15 days to get as many downloads, as many paid downloads as you can possibly manage and get into the hot new releases, number one bestseller in your category. And I have my own ways of doing that, you know, uh, newsletters, uh, groups, Reddit, um, you know, Facebook ads. What's, do, do you focus on those metrics like uh, hot new releases and number one bestseller? Or is that something you shoot for? Yeah, I definitely am trying to get in the number one bestseller categories. So what I like to do, a, a sneaky trick to, to try and get in some of those categories is to choose categories for your book. You're allowed to choose two different categories, but choose ones that are related to your niche, but maybe not the most competitive ones. So a lot of people will choose the niche, the category that they think is most related to their book. And a lot of the time, that's going to be an extremely competitive category where you're going to have to sell you know, 50 or 100 copies a day to become a number one bestseller. So I like to pick categories that are a little bit obscure, but still related enough for my book that Amazon won't remove them. Uh, there'll be less competition that way, and then I can get that number one bestseller badge. And that really, in my experience, helps you to sell a lot more books. Are you familiar with Amazon's secret categories? Um, I've, I've found that, is that just where they... Amazon puts you into categories on their own accord. They're categories you can't choose yourself. Because I've had that a number yeah. of times. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. So there's some really obscure link. Uh, it's on kdp.amazon.com. It's on their website, like some health topic. Health, health topic, excuse me. And the only way to get into these secret categories is to include a specific keyword. And most authors have no idea what these keywords are and some of them have like underscores and stuff like that and I think I actually in one of my posts I, I included the link to those categories I've, uh, have you taken advantage of any of those yet? No man I haven't I hadn't actually heard of that but I've been at times put into categories that you can't actually select so Amazon's manually put some of my books particularly the ones that are selling really well they put them into different categories that aren't even options so I've somehow ended up in those categories and I've become um, a bestseller in some of those, but I've not researched any of the keywords. I've probably just done it by dumb luck, I suppose. <laughs> there was some category, it was like a secret category that I'd never heard of, and it was related to travel and I think like nomadism and stuff and um, or, or like travel or land or something or solo travel. And the only way to get these, like you have to do like solo underscore travel or air underscore travel like, I shouldn't be giving these away, by the way, yeah. but anyway. Uh, <laughs> Keep the secret to yourself, yeah. And I assessed the competition, and I was like, the first book on that category, in that category was like how to travel in a mobile home or something, and it had like this really horrible cover with like, you know, comic sands and stuff like this. <laughs> and it was like, oh, I was like, oh, my God, like, are you kidding me? This is the bestseller in this category. I have to go in here. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so actually, let's put a link to that in the show notes, and then people can check that out. Awesome, man. I'll be checking that out after the podcast, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. So what are some other ways that you uh, drive more sales to your books? Do you, do you focus on getting a lot of downloads in the initial time span, the first month or first few weeks, or is it really just a long game for you? Yeah, so for the first couple of weeks, I'm really trying to get a lot of downloads. Um, particularly what I'll get my virtual assistants to do is I'll make sure that every person that's downloading my book is downloading it. Um, they found the book through searching for a keyword. So to use the example before of fly fishing, I'll instead of giving them a link, I'll get them to actually type into Amazon fly fishing, and then that'll help me boost in the search ranking for that particular keyword. If they've uh, searched for it and then found my book through that, Amazon sort of links up that it's really related to that keyword. So that's a big a big uh, trick for ranking your book higher. And then after a couple of weeks, I'll also do a free promotion for my book. So every 90 days on Amazon, if you're a part of the KDP Select program, you can give away your book for a maximum of five days. So I like to do that once it's got a number of sales at 99 cents. Um, I'll promote that, the free promotion, I'll promote it to a, a bunch of different websites uh, that have big emailing lists in the hope that they'll promote my book to their emailing list and then I'll get sometimes thousands of different people download my book when it's free. And so you're giving it away for free, but that will really boost you in the search rankings and get it a lot more visibility. And then as soon as that free promotion's over, I'll usually increase my book price and I'll be getting a heap of traffic. So that's my main yep. process is start at 99 cents, get as many downloads as I can in a short period of time, get some reviews, give my book away for free to as many people as possible, and then increase the price. So you're also using some of these newsletters that, uh, we'll, we'll include a list of these in the show notes, a link to a list of these, and um, basically they're just newsletters that have you know, like 40,000, 50,000 subscribers, and they're really just interested in free and discounted books, right? Yeah, exactly. So some of these services you have to pay to be guaranteed to be featured, but um, pretty much all of them you can just apply for free, and then they'll randomly select books that they think their readers be interested in. So it's worthwhile it doesn't take too long to submit to these websites and then you might get sometimes you know 10,000 plus free downloads of your book you get into the top 100 free books on Amazon and from there it's going to sell a heap after the free promotion so you submit to I guess there's about a good like 15 or 20 of them or so somewhere between there I think I've got around 35 that I use oh, I, I, I use a okay. software called uh, K Optimizer I think I pay like twenty dollars okay. a month for that, and that automatically submits my book to my books to all the different uh, different websites and directories. Oh, cool! I didn't know that. So that's K Optimizer, right? Yeah, correct. Just looking that up. So Koptimizer.com. Okay, and that's a monthly fee of twenty dollars. You said, right? Yeah, I think I signed up when it first launched, so the price may have increased by now, but I think I'm on a recurring twenty dollar a month fee. Okay, so if someone has one book they're writing, they could just sign up for a month and then uh, publish their book and then uh, yeah, yeah, cancel I mean, their account, I mean, right? <laughs> I, th I think you can do it yourself manually if you don't have a large number of books, but I've got a ridiculous amount of books. So for me to set up free promotions every few months and submit it to all the different websites, it makes sense mm. to spend that $20. But if it's just your first book, you can do it in a couple of hours, direct submitting to all the directories. So. Well, well, I guess what I was what I was getting at is you could use them as like a one-off, uh, you know, cancel up the first month or so and just pay like uh, $27 and not have sign up for a whole year, I guess is what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm sure you could, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that would save a lot of time. You know, if, if your time's worth, uh, you know, if you're taking two hours to submit to all these sites, 
Uh, hopefully your time's worth more than it says twenty seven dollars a month. So okay. Hopefully your time's yeah. worth more than thirteen dollars an hour. <laughs> Uh, all right, awesome. So, so you really rely on these newsletters. Do you, do you do any? You post in like Facebook groups and Reddit. Do you have your own newsletter that you promote to, or you don't promote to your Facebook page? I guess right. No, I don't. Because I'm publishing all my books under different pen names. Um, I would recommend those strategies if you just have a, a handful of books. For me, I've got I've got so many to manage, and I'm launching new ones all the time. For me to go and search these Facebook groups and and Reddit and everything to try and promote each individual book for me, probably wouldn't be worthwhile. Um, so I'm mainly just focused on gaming the Amazon search ranking, sort of like SEO for Amazon to get those top two or three uh, search positions. And that's how I'm getting my sales um, and through the virtual assistants, of course. But yeah, other than that, unless it's a book published in my own name or if I have a mailing list set up for that particular author, I'll, I won't promote any other way. Awesome. And that's really the key to getting long-term sales is to really rank well in the search engines. I had Dave Tesson on the show and he founded KDP Rocket, which helps you to optimize your books. It gives you, you know, suggestions and shows you how competitive niches are. And, um, and that's something I really didn't do well, you know, because when I first started publishing, like the, the first month or so, I would, during the launch, I would make a lot of money and then it would just kind of drop off completely. Um, and one thing, so one thing that you're doing really well too that I need to get better at doing is you're selling a lot of printed books, aren't you? Yeah, so I actually make probably 70 to 80% of the income from the paperbacks instead of the Kindle editions uh, just because you can price them at a higher price point and you, I, I sell fewer copies but overall because I'm selling them at a much higher price, the overall income every month is way higher from the paperbacks. Okay, so tell me about your tips for that. Tell me about your strategy. Okay, so what I like to do is I like to start off pricing the book really low. So I'll normally charge $7.99 or $8.99. And at that price point for a paperback, you're only going to make maybe $2 every single sale. Um, during that time, I'll be getting those sales at $0.99 cents of the Kindle book, getting some reviews for it. It normally takes a few weeks to get any sales for the paperback. But once it starts selling well, and normally it will if it's in a good niche and it's priced that low, it'll start selling well and ranking high. Once it starts ranking high, I just kind of play with the price point. So I'll increase from $7.99 to $8.99. If it keeps selling, I'll increase it by another dollar. And I'll end up just increasing it by a dollar every day or two until it gets to maybe $15 or $16 on average. Um, just sort of testing the supply and demand, seeing how well a book is going to sell. Uh, but if it continues selling, I'll just continue increasing the price. Until what? Um, until, <laughs> like until, until, until the sales slow down normally, but I typically end up leaving it at around $19.99. Um, for a ten to 15000 word book, that will get you around $10 a sale. Wow, so a 40-page book that's selling for nineteen ninety nine. And you're getting a ton of profit from these, right? Yeah, you're getting a heap of profit, yeah, like $10 a sale versus $2 for the Kindle edition. So. And so what are your downloads looking like now? Like, um, you know, how many paid downloads are you looking at a day for it now? Uh, or not, not only downloads, but, but print sales as well. Uh, okay, so I've got a few accounts at the moment. My most recent account has eight books in it, and I'm typically getting around um, nine to ten paperback sales per day from that account. Mm. That's enough to quit your job, right? 
Yeah, yeah, just there. Yeah. So that's like um, you're getting what about ten dollars profit per paperback? Yeah, so not not all books are priced that high. I think for that account, I'm okay. averaging around eight dollars profit per sale. So um, maybe eighty dollars a day just from the paperbacks, and then another twenty to thirty from the Kindle editions. So that's oh yeah, over a hundred dollars a day from the eight books. Awesome, and living in Thailand where you can live on fifteen dollars a day. Exactly basically. right. Yeah. So no uh, not a bad, not a bad gig, man. So, uh, <laughs> who else wants to sign up for this now? <laughs> nice work if you can get it. Uh, so, any other tips? You know, like so, for the print books, you're basically just—it's the same game, right? You're optimizing the book page to rank as well. Yeah, ex exact same thing. So, uh, on the sales page on Amazon, you know, the Kindle and paperback edition are linked. So. You get all the reviews from the Kindle edition, and they'll automatically come across onto the paperback edition. So there's no real need to give away free copies of the paperback or do any of that kind of thing because you are just going to get reviews and eventually sales rank just from having the Kindle edition there. But yeah, I find that just pricing your book a lot lower than everyone else. A lot of people price their book like fifteen to twenty dollars straight out of the gate. It'll never get those initial sales to start moving up in the rankings, but. If it's at $7.99, someone will see that and just impulse buy it. And that for me has been enough to move my book up in the rankings, get enough sales, to get enough traction where I can actually increase the price and have it still show up in front of people. Do you do anything to get your book buyers, your book readers to purchase other books? Like do you cross-promote other titles? Do you get them into a mailing list, anything like this? Uh, yeah, I do. I do occasionally. So some of my niches, I give away a free bonus in the Kindle edition. So basically it links them to an opt-in page where they'll put in their email address in exchange for some free giveaway that I've created. So sometimes it's a video, sometimes it's a free PDF or another ebook. Um, and so I'll get some readers um, subscribing to my email list that way. And from there, I can go ahead and promote my other books. What I also like to do is publish related books under the one pen name. So as you know, you can have as many different pen names as you like. So all my gardening books, for instance, are under one pen name and I have a different pen name for all my fishing books. And what I can do is have links to all of the books by that same author uh, within that book. So at the end of the book, I'll have a section that says um, other books by this author and then it'll just link to all of those. So it's an easy way to just cross promote and help sell some of your other titles. Yeah, I've been doing that for a while myself. Like in the title page, you just include like pictures and links to other books, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, yeah. it's, it's hard to tell exactly how many extra sales you're getting from that, but it takes no time at all to add it to your book. And it's just another way to, um, if they really enjoyed your book, to, to build a fan base and to get readers of, you know, multiple of your books. Well, I just thought of something, and this is not something that I've done, but it's something I should do. Uh, if you use Google's URL builder, you can create unique links, and um, it will track all of the clicks of those links. So, you know, you can put like a picture of certain books in there, and you include your Google URL link, and you know, you go into your dashboard, and it'll show you how many times people click on those books. So you can actually track if it's working or not. Yeah, I've done that. And, I did that with um, Bitly links for, okay. for a lot of mine, similar kind of thing. So I could tell that I was getting a few clicks, but yeah, it's hard to know how many of those clicks actually translated into buys, but right. you've got to assume that, yeah, if they're clicking on that topic and they enjoy the book, I imagine a large percentage would actually buy. Easiest person to sell to is someone who's already bought. That's right, yeah, yeah.
Smart strategy. Awesome. So anything else? Do you do audiobooks, anything like that? Are you getting um, audible sales or? Yeah, so I, I did an audiobook for one of my books. Um, it's something that I need to do more of. It can be really tricky as an Australian because technically you're meant to have a US bank account or a UK bank account. To actually do audiobooks is not available in Australia or any other market yet. Um, so it gets a bit tricky with that. I did just sign up to Payoneer though, which gives me a US bank account. So I, I will be looking into doing more audiobooks. But that to me is the future. I think that Kindle's pretty competitive now. Uh, the paperback market is slightly less competitive, but the audiobook market is still so brand new. Um, I think for every 10 books that are Kindle books, maybe one of them would be an audiobook, if that. Um, so if you can find a good niche and turn your book into an audiobook, you can make a lot of money from that stream. I know a few people doing quite well with audiobooks, so it's something I'll be looking into pretty heavily this year. So what else is next? You know, where do you see things going from here? How are you looking to expand? What are you focused on in the future? Yeah, so as I said, I've got a few different Kindle accounts now. I'm actually in the process of selling one of the Kindle accounts. So I've just started um, communicating with Empire Flippers. So I'm waiting on a valuation for that. Uh, that should come in based on what they've told me at around 100000 for the account of 18 books. So... I'm looking to flip that and hopefully sell that within a few months. At the same time, I'm looking to scale this newest Kindle account that I have. So I've just paid for a whole bunch of books last week to be written. And that'll be me over the next few months, just publishing books, editing books like a madman. Um, but then after that, I would like to move into some other stuff, I suppose. The, the beauty of this, as you know, books can be extremely passive. I think book royalties are one of the true passive income methods, you know, royalties of any kind. Um, and so why, while your book may sell really well when it first starts and then taper off a bit, if you've got enough books and they're, they're good enough quality and they're high enough ranking, a lot of the time it can be extremely passive where you can take a month off and you're still going to make some money from those books. So that's my plan is to build up these accounts big enough where I can have some passive income coming in and focus on other things, I suppose. Try some new projects out. Well, congratulations on your success. You've got this all down to a process and a science, and I think you're doing pretty well for 23 compared to a lot of uh, kids you grew up with, I'm sure. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. But yeah, I feel like I know what I'm doing a lot, but then I chat to someone like yourself or listen to podcasts with um, these other publishers like Rob, for instance, and everyone's got their own strategies. So I've still got a lot to learn just like everyone else, but... Um, it's exciting. It keeps it a bit interesting. It gives me new stuff to try, I suppose. It's a lifelong journey, you know. We're all lifelong learners. That's and great. I've learned quite a bit from you as well, my friend. And hopefully the person listening to this as well is able to get started and begin implementing some of this stuff. If they have any more questions or if they want to get some more information, where should they go? Yeah, so they can find me on Facebook. So... Uh, you can just search Adrian Ingram on Facebook. There's either my personal Facebook will show up or I have a page as well. Feel free to hit me up there. Um, otherwise, send me an email at adrian.j.ingram at gmail.com. Happy to answer anyone's questions. Um, so yeah, Facebook message, email. I'm also on YouTube. If you type my name, it should come up. Um, there's also a jazz guitarist by my name as well. So I'm not that guy. I'm the, the other Adrian Ingram on YouTube. Um, I'm sure you guys will figure that out. But yeah, that's probably the best way to, to find me and find more info. 
And you've got a couple of blogs where people can get some information. You have uh, drivenliving.com, we'll put a link to that, and freedomselfpublishing.com. What can people expect from this course? Okay, so basically it is a screen share of my entire process. So I've got it split up into a few different sections. The first section is the core, which is basically taking you step-by-step through signing up to Amazon, uh, finding a profitable niche. I share my screen um, while I'm doing niche selection on Amazon. You can see all my criteria and everything. Um, I show you where to get covers made, how to get them made, where are the best places to get your books written, how to edit your books, how to format them, and that's the, and how to publish them and get reviews and everything. So that's the core section. I have a virtual assistant training section, section which will show you how to outsource and automate everything so you can end up scaling your business and you know publish as many books as you like without spending all your time writing them and editing them and getting reviews for them. And then also there is the advanced lessons area where I have a bunch of different sneaky tricks and tips like some pricing strategies, some ways to build a back-end funnel off your book and you know create multiple income streams from your books. So I have all of that included. It's basically everything I've learned from Kindle over the past three years condensed into about 50 videos. So heaps of content in there if anyone's interested. And if they have any questions about what it includes or if it's right for them, yeah, feel free to hit me up on Facebook or email or YouTube or whatever. And I'm happy to answer your questions and hopefully help you out. Yeah, it looks great, man. I'm looking over your site now, and it's it's only one off fee for $97, but helps you shorten the learning curve that you spent, you know, two years learning all this stuff. And uh, myself, <laughs> you know, trial and error over the years and just making all the mistakes and then learning how to do it the right way. So this is really cool, man. And uh, congratulations on your success. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks heaps for having me. It's been good to have a chat and a catch-up. It's always a pleasure, man. All right, cheers, man.